Welcome, welcome back, friends, to episode 27 of the Deathmatch Radio News. And you are, friends, <laughs> Jim Carnot there. Um, I'm going to be uh, news to all of our folks that are out there that support us and listen to us. My co-host and my good friend Stephen Vey is going to be taking a little time off. Um, he's going to come on once a month and, you know, talk about big angles and big Japanese news and whatnot. But he's got a lot of things going on with his teaching degree and whatnot and things. Uh, his, his job, obviously, overseas. So Stephen's going to take some time. And uh, I'm, I'm going to welcome my new uh, my new co-host on the show, uh, Mr. Max. He's my co-host on the Journey Into Death, which will be starting uh, soon again. A new project. Uh, we recently did the IWA King of the Death Matches, 1987. Uh, and he's also uh, my co-host on Max and Mike Off Topic, which probably will stop now that he's going to be on the Deathmatch Radio News. Uh, so I'm going to just turn it over to Mr. Max real quick. And you can uh, tell him about yourself real quick. What's going on, guys? Like Mike said, my name's Max. Uh, I'm a Northwest Indiana, Chicagoland guy, about uh, about 45 minutes from the city of Chicago, here in lovely, freezing cold Northwest Indiana. I'm not dealing with the snow Mike's dealing with, but it's not warm. Uh, former, radi- former radio guy, uh, did radio for about five years, worked in the nightclub world for a while as well. Um, and then, yeah, I just uh, I do asphalt maintenance stuff and uh, watch grown men get through and through light tubes whenever I've got some downtime. Uh, I woke up about a week ago to a message from Steven on um, on Facebook asking me if I'd be interested in heap called it replacing. I said I, I don't think anybody can replace the Dave Meltzer of Deathmatch, but I'd be happy to keep the seat warm while he finishes up his degree and uh, definitely will hand the seat back over to him you know towards the end of the year when he's ready to come back and and uh, drive the car full time again. Okay, before we start out, I just want to do a few shout-outs. I want to shout-out to our friends, uh, Shaheem, on the Hot Tag podcast at THG Network. You can catch them every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. live. Uh, also, check out Shaheem's Nuclear, Nuclear Heat Graphics. If you haven't, um, he does amazing, amazing artwork. So, really, if you're looking for a wrestling portrait or cartoon or cartoon or movie. I know he does stuff by commission. I would really strongly suggest to check out Shaheem. Uh, just amazing what he does uh, in his artwork. He's a very, very talented guy. So definitely shout out to him. I want to shout out to Jeremy on the Got Your Five Stars podcast. Uh, you know, somebody I talked to quite a bit, real cool guy. Uh, we're always talking about old ECW, so check out Jeremy's show, too. He's always got a lot of really cool guests on. He had a cool interview a while back with Reed Bentley. He's always doing something fantastic on there. Um, you know, shout out to uh, my other friends on the uh, Metal, or excuse me, the Wrestling Cult Network. Uh, Mr. Bucky Hens on Bucky's Road Stories. Uh, also, my friend Leon, my co-host on the 420 Metalhead Podcast. We will be releasing a new episode of that probably within 24 hours, and we'll be taping a new episode this weekend. We're hoping to have Mr. Casanova Valentine himself co-host on there and playing some metal and some other raucous, crazy tunes while we talk about old school wrestling and whatnot. Um, before we start off our basic news show, I just want to make an announcement. The Deathmatch Cult uh, Hall of Death uh, this year is going to be in May as opposed to an end of the year. Normally I would do the end of the year with the year-end awards, but it became a, a five-month labor of love with me watching a lot of wrestling and taking a lot of notes and creating a lot of categories. So I decided to split it up this year. So I'm proud to announce the first inductee in the third annual Hall of Death is the Bulldozer. The extreme bulldozer, Matt Tremont, man who has won numerous deathmatch tournaments, two-time IWA King of Deathmatch champion, uh, 
NGI champion, GCW, IW East Coast Masters of Pain champion, CZW, TOD champion, IWA Deep South Carnage Cup champion, numerous finals in other promotions, uh, you know, guy who went to Japan and, and fought Onita, uh, you know, a living legend of the deathmatch culture. He's been to England, he's been to Germany, he's been to Mexico. Uh, there's a place to go. When it, when it was really a down and out, Matt held it on his back and, and still kept putting out quality deathmatches. So what do you think of Mr. Matt Tremont as the first inductee, Max? I think it's amazing. There couldn't be a nicer guy. Um, I got the opportunity to meet Matt at the 400 degree show in Chicago. There was it was crappy weather. The I know a lot of the boys had gotten in not very soon before their matches. Matt and Reed worked that first death match. And, um, you know, he's obviously surrounded by people. And he made sure that he stood there and shook everyone's hand and thanked him for coming out. He was he was obviously sick and, and nursing an injury. Um, but he still shook everybody's hand. You know, it's not his show. He's just working for those guys. He could have easily slid out the back door and gotten in the car and started driving. Um but that's not the kind of guy he is. He, he thanked every single person, signed every autograph. And those are the things that, in my mind, I'm not going to say being a professional wrestler is easy. But being a professional wrestler is, there's a lot more to it than just lacing up the boots and climbing in the ring. And, and Matt gets all that. There's a lot of these guys that are good enough that they can step in that ring uh, and put on a match, tell a story. But they can't do the other parts. It's the... You watch, you know, Hardway's documentary uh, previews or any any preview the, when Vice did their stuff. Matt is one of those guys that you, you listen to him talk and he's just he's uh, charismatic and he's magnetizing. A lot of people are very much drawn to him. Uh, I don't think there's much of a better uh, ambassador for the sport. Uh, and I, I truly hope he gets that match with Cody someday. I, I, I don't see it happening, but I really hope it does. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can see Cody doing it at some point. It's just Cody was injured now. That kind of put a hamper on it. But, uh, I mean, I know he's got his AEW stuff, but uh, you never know. And, you know, Cody's got a soft spot in his heart. He grew up in Dusty Rhodes' house. He's going to have a soft spot in his heart for a big guy that likes to bleed. Uh, and, and you know, Matt will take some bumps for him and put on a good show. And I think they could put on a heck of a show. I just, I just wonder with the AEW stuff if, if it'll ever happen. But I'd sure like to see it if it does. Absolutely. Uh, and our, our second induction, uh, which I just put on this morning, was the entire hate club is going to be put in. Uh, wife Beater, Justice Payne, Nick Gage, and Nate Hatred. Uh, this will be Nick and Wife Beater's second induction to the Hall of Death. Um, they were first inducted with, uh, obviously, Solo over the last couple of years. Um, Nikki went in the first year and Wife Beater went in the second year. Uh, you know, they're obviously icons of combat zone wrestling. And Nick is just an icon of death match wrestling in general. And, you know, you throw in Justice Payne, you throw in, uh, the, you know, the late great Nate Hatred. Uh, just amazing tag teams, you know, with each other, fighting each other, with each other. It's just a whole lot of good stuff in CZW. What's your thoughts on the Hate Club? I think the Hate Club's amazing. Between the Hate, hate Club and Blackout, you know, those those guys were the kind of the innovators of that faction kind of warfare and coming in and being legitimately scary. Um, yeah, you, you know, I think one of the first thoughts that comes into my mind when I think of that that era, um, obviously you think of the Mondo and um, uh, Wife Beater, Weed Whacker incident, you think of some of that stuff. But also there's those silhouettes of Nate Hatred walking out and Nate's just massive. Uh, he's not indie big. He's big. Um and he's got the black makeup on and the black lipstick on, and that's just a scary dude. 
Uh, I, I like the hate club. I, I think um, I don't think we're where we're at today in deathmatch wrestling and in the hybrid style because those guys were also doing real wrestling moves. Um, and some of the guys still weren't. There was a lot of guys that still wanted, you know, CCW not as much, but, you know, those guys traveled too. Uh, and I think that they pushed other guys to step up their game. You know, they said that, you know, and those guys would walk through the back curtain, you know, top that motherfuckers. So that's what they would say. And they were also tough dudes that, you know, again, could carry that rep and walk into the, a locker room in, in southern Indiana or in Kentucky or Alabama and, you know, challenge these guys to do a little bit of a better batch. So I think without Hate Club, we're probably not where we're at today. Yeah, definitely one of the best deathmatch tag teams and factions that were out there. Uh, you know, definitely he had Justice Payne, who could do it all, hybrid wrestle, deathmatch, multiple CZW champion, Iron Man champion, junior champion. He had a white beater who was just a insane deathmatch warrior, you know, ex-Marine, uh, just hard-headed as fuck. You know, ma- legendary matches with Necro Butcher, with Nick Gage, with Nick Mondo. Uh, you know, the beater just... just fucking crazy like you said the monster nate hatred you know and one thing i'll say too about those guys is every one of them works safe you never hear guys talking about how hatred dumped them on their head or you know any of that stuff they are all safe workers it seemed like all the guys liked working with them and that's another thing that keeps guys around in the business i mean gage is still working today you know nate well, they said when he got hurt was planning on a comeback yeah I'm going to agree and I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, Nikki and Nate were very safe. Uh, Justice Payne hurt numerous people. Okay, um, I might be forgetting Necro that. Butcher actually shot on him during a match. That's right, Cage yeah, during Cage of Death. Because he dropped Nate him on his head. Yeah. You know, he actually hurt his own brother, Nikki, at a show. He dropped Drake Younger. In uh, Beater, uh, a Yamakawa incident where he dropped him on that table and then paralyzed him right. partially um but you know besides that i heard much about beater i mean but nikki always you know nikki always been safe you know hatred you never hear anything bad about but i just i'm not trying to make you look bad it's just a with justice pain i don't want to have 80 people email me later you know what i forgot uh, about justice Payne. oh that's okay uh, you know he's uh, kind of like the, the fourth member i would say he's in there only because he was part of it i don't think he'd have been voted in if he right. hadn't been with those guys but yeah i, I would say he's the uh, mondo mcmichael of the four horsemen you know uh yeah, I mean, he was a great wrestler, but he was just very known for dropping people on their heads. I mean, he, Little Necro literally beat the fuck out of him mm-hmm. in that one cage death. Shot oh, yeah, until he got Necro said he wanted to kill him. He was hoping to stomp his head in until Zandig broke it up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, he hurt his own brother, Nicky, in, in a match. Gave him a bad stinger. So, uh, yeah, Justice was a little unsafe. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of... Easy to pass by. Like I said, he's definitely not the, uh, the, the guts of the hate club, you know. Mm-hmm. He was in the brief, you know, with, with White Beater. And then he was with Nikki later. But, uh, you know, I think Nate and, and Nick were the big the people think of the most. The, yeah, when I think of hate club, hate it's, club. it's Nick Gage, Nate Hatred, um, you know, those wars that they'd have where they just lose yeah. blood. That's... Yeah, and they were the later version. I mean, I, I guess I think of White Beard only because I used to go to shows. You know, mm-hmm. him and Justice were the White Hate Club then with, with Justice Case, Justin Case, and uh, Max Mack. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Dewey Donovan managed, like, Gaze and them. So those guys are all always thrown in there. But it was always a cool, uh, I know I see the White Beard coming out with his fucking potato chips. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I do think of the White Beater in that group, too, but... You know, again, when I think wife beater, it's, you know, you think uh, the, the, the weed eater is the first thing that pops in my head. So, 
Uh, I guess you could say I've got a narrow bandwidth on guys. I can oh, only get two or three things with them, you know? I think it was back, because he always had that fucking scarred back. Yeah. matches with Zandig, and I mean, that one night of infamy, him, his back was so fucked. I mean, just shredded the fuck. That dude can get back color. There's those videos on um, on YouTube where it's they're in the firehouse the night after the show at the firehouse, and they're yeah. cleaning off the glass off the guys, and Nate's sitting there, and... and um, uh, wife beater sitting there eating potato chips, getting glass just yanked out of his back and not even flinching, you know. And that's that's how these guys are superhuman because I got one piece of uh, light tube broke on me uh, about a year ago at work. And I, I think I cried about it for about three weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely uh, they're doing something that uh, most average Joes wouldn't do. No. All right, so we're going to jump into news. A lot of yeah. things have, uh, went on since we talked last. We're going to talk a little bit about Blood, Brother, Blood Brothers Pro, uh, who recently changed their name over to Crimson Crown Wrestling. Uh, my friends Kyle and Sage's promotion. Shout out to Sage and Kyle. Much love. Uh, you scared Kyle. everybody so bad in the cold. Oh, the my with that God, I guess so. Forgotten. I, I was so. like, what? What happened? Jesus. Oh, my gosh. And People I'm Googling her name. And... What, what I put up bloody pictures of her if she died? I mean... Well, I wouldn't just saying. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> put on, but not forgotten makes me think. Wait, Jesus, I made a mistake. <laughs> hey, fuck you, fuck Marcus Crane too. If you're listening, I know everyone's called me out. I made an error. Yeah, it was. You know, uh, thing. Even Sage called me out. Yeah, yeah. Did she? I didn't see that. I've been stuck in a Jesus. conference at work for three days. But yeah, I know she's not dead. It was poor wording. It'll never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because I've had people message me about it. And then Marcus, geez, I, I made an error. Right. I love you, Marcus, but fuck you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Sage is, is very healthy and very well. She was at the card. Promise I'll never use that terminology again. Yeah. And if I was going to tribute her, I would not put a tribute up of bloody pictures. Right. Just yeah. saying. I would have. But, uh, you know. I wouldn't be so nonchalant about it, but uh, I can understand the confusion, and yeah. I take full blame <laughs> for that. So uh, this is going to be uh, on Twitter yeah. later. What's that? I said, but yeah, the, the the name I think is really cool in the logo. Yes, that they were showing up there. Yeah, they're going to be running about a bunch of shows. So I've got the bleeding hearts. So I'm going to read it over quick because I'm going to read my version. Uh, I didn't. I just got this one. I didn't give it to you. Actually, the promoter sent me a super sure. detailed version of the show. So. He's always good about that. So uh, they ran their Bleeding Hearts card. Uh, you know, it opened up with Kyle coming out, the owner, and Sage. And uh, they brought out Supreme, who's obviously a legend, a you know, guy I've interviewed before. And he, you know, he's the new uh, figurehead. He's the new general manager type person uh, appointed, uh, you know, new commissioner. There's the word I'm looking for. He uh, he announced the first thing is that Blood Brothers changed to Crimson Crimson Crown Wrestling, and then he announced that their, every singles match on the show would be a qualifier for the heavyweight title tournament, which will be held in June. Uh, first match was a four way. Homeless Jimmy defeated Mike Rain, Funny Bone Sledge. I'm not going to go into detail of some of the other matches. Uh, Terex defeated Michael Kruger after Super Beast assisted. Uh, in a tag team match, the Stoner Brothers uh, from uh, Hood Slam defeated yeah. Vladimir Potokin and Gregory Petrov. Gregory was in the last death match tournament, but if anybody watches Hood Slam, the Stoner Brothers are pretty notorious there. Uh, Supreme announced that uh, Crimson Wrestling Cup's uh, June show, the Stoner Brothers will be taking on the Rejects. 
John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley will be coming out to Cali again, so that's cool. Next match, uh, Super Beast defeated the Shade and Saniac in a three-way. Uh, Gino Rivero defeated Brutal Bob Evans. The hardcore queen of the West Coast, Maria Murano, defeated Pretty Little Psycho, Kimberly Diamond. And so now I'm going to talk a little bit more about the next three matches. The next three were full-on uh, death matches. Uh, the four corners of Pain match, BC Killer defeated Slack. This, uh, if you look at a picture of Slack after this match, it looks like Freddy Cougar, like, slapped him a few times across the face. I mean, he had scratches across his face, his back. Uh, he, you know, he weed-eatered BC, like, two or three times right on his shoulders and near his head. Oh, uh, wow. Just a vicious, vicious match. Uh, soda cans, light tubes. Uh, really, really vicious match from the clips I've seen. So it was definitely, uh, you know, we're slacking his best and slack returning out to Kelly. This next match, I've seen pictures all over. Mm-hmm. And then the cult page and everything. It was a light tube, cabins, and gusset plate match. Uh, it was Aiden Blackheart managed to defeat Shane Mercer uh, when Homeless Jimmy interfered. Uh, this is one of the bloodiest matches, uh, you know, in L.A. It was insane. Uh, Shane at one point threw him about, I would say, 10 feet into one of the building, uh, what do you want to call it, building pillars that holds up yeah. the building. Looked like he fucking killed him. The steel trusses there, yeah. Yeah, insane. Looked like he killed him, and Shane was bloody. Shane was, uh, and I thought that would happen. Shane's a pretty, you know, fair-skinned guy, and I, I assumed he'd get some pretty good color. I couldn't imagine that. And then did you see uh, the tweet he sent out the day after? Working out with glass embedded in your body, it's not fun. Yeah, it was, uh, I can't wait to see this uh, video uh, when it comes out. Uh, just to see that match, I mean, you know, absolutely amazing. Amazing looking match. And then in the main event, looked really good, too. It was another fans bring the weapons match. Uh, Neil Kaiman Cutter defeated Matt Tremont. Uh, you know, just an amazing, just a little joke. I see at the end of it, you know, Tremont came out and declared that Neil Diamond Cumber is the future of deathmatch wrestling. I just laughed a little bit because Neil actually started before Matt did. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Neil did take some time off, so he still could be the future. So I'm not, you know, saying anything ill of anyone there. And how awesome of Matt to go out there. And, yeah, I know he's in Neil's backyard, but Matt, Matt does not ever hesitate to put somebody over. Um, I, and I've never really heard of him hesitating to do the job either. Uh, super professional. Well, absolutely, absolutely. One of the best. You know, I talked to him. You know, we interviewed him recently, and I'm hoping to get him on before Hardcore Kingdom again. Just a great guy. Uh, a class act. True professional. Um, more promoters should... Uh, should, uh, you know, be like him. I definitely, uh, you know. Because he could definitely, as being the, especially being as the promoter of H2O and all that stuff, you know, he could say, I can't do jobs because I need to make my guys look strong. And, and, and no one could fault him for that. Um, no, I don't think anyone would fault a guy that's running his own promotion and trying to build up his own guys to not want to go into other places and not do big, daddy, bloody death matches. I mean, that's, that's his style. But then, and then to also put people over in them. Oh, yeah, he's a true pro. You know, and this year he said he's, you know, so he's definitely, you know, he's put over Aaron, Eric Ryan this year. He's put over Oren Vedette. Uh, he's a consummate professional. We're speaking to Oren, I was just talking to him on Facebook, and it sounds like he may be interested in chatting with us later. Cool. Yeah, he's definitely someone we'll uh, we'll have on the show. I'm supposed to have him in dysfunction soon, so I gotta try to corral the two of them together. Oh, that'll be fun. Herd and chicken. Uh, have a little Midwest uh, Midwest panel with the weed man himself. Dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so next uh, 
You want to cover the ICW uh, Milwaukee uh, deathmatch results? Yeah, ICW Milwaukee ran their Insane Crusaders show uh, last Sunday night. You know, it's a Sunday show. Uh, I'm sure for the Milwaukee guys that's great, but for someone that's coming from Chicago, uh, it just makes it so, for me, it makes it so I can never get there. Um, But, you know what, they they do a really good job of putting the videos out and and the boys send a lot of... You might want to try to get a Monday off uh, for the Insane 8. That looks insane. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, when you work in the asphalt business, uh, about February 15th to December 15th is no days off. Gotcha. So, so we'll, uh, but, you know, uh, I believe it, we might be able to make something happen that day. Um, so um, starting with the, where the, the notes kind of kick off is Dan O'Hare defeated uh, – uh, numerous Insane 8 winner Chase McCoy to earn himself a spot in the 2019 Insane 8 match. And that was a barbed wire ladder match. Um, you know, if Dan O'Hare is going into it, it's it's going to be violent. Uh, I'm sure that was a fun one. I haven't seen any of the clips of that. Uh, have you, Mike? You can go to Deathmatch Cult page. Uh, there's clips of those matches okay. on there. Um, I don't know if there's a Dan O'Hare one, but there's clips of Slack and Marcus. Yeah, I've seen those. Of Orn. I might not have... I saw Dan on Facebook, though. If there isn't, there will be later, because I saw some on Twitter, so we'll get some up okay. there. But it uh, definitely right. looked like a cool match. Yeah, it's a cool idea. The, the, you know, the barbed wire ladder match, I think, is a, is a pretty neat, neat thing. So, yeah, I'm uh, definitely interested in checking that out. So then uh, we had Casanova Valentine go over Mikey Wild uh, in a thumbtacks, and thumbtack headgear was used. Um, I've not seen any video or pictures of that either, but it sounds pretty nuts. Um, next we had Marcus Crane defeat Slack. You know, anytime you put the, those two in a ring, it's going to be nonstop violence from bell to bell, uh, brutal from everybody that was there saying the, the videos online, uh, including the ones Marcus was sending out of what do you, what did you and your best friend do Sunday night? And he's, you know, I think he's, uh, kicking him right in the head where he's got about, while, uh, Slack's got about seven or eight light tubes up against yeah. his face. So, brutal spot. Brutal. uh, and then that was that was pretty uh, that you know those two are going to kill each other and then they'll probably smoke out in the parking lot when they're done. So that's uh, it's it's always fun to watch those two go to go to war. The the notes that we've got from our contributor here say nonstop violence from bell to bell, and I don't doubt that for one second. The highlights were just nonstop violence. Um, so then dysfunction uh, joined the fun and announced that the king Nick fucking Gage is going to be the number eight entrant in the 2019 Insane Eight. So that. That tournament is nuts. Uh, Mike, do you have the whole list? I do. It's in our notes. I'm scrolling down a little bit. Okay. Uh, Orrin Vedit, Slack, Marcus Crane, Matt Tremont, Alice Cologne, Dan O'Hare, Jimmy Lloyd, and Nick Gage. Man, there, there is no fucking... There's no buy in that one. Yeah, there's no easy fucking victories in that one. And boy, we could see some, uh, some dream matches in there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of work that. Um, that is, that's going to be a rough one. Um, they just announced two for their April show, uh, Slack and Orrin Vedit. Oh, geez, that'll be a, it'll be an awesome show. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping to see Orrin start to get some W's. Uh, you know, he did, he did get one here, but you know, get some, get some on TV. He's done enough jobs and kind of developed himself now that. It'll be good to see him get some, you know, some wins on Fight TV and maybe get a win in Game Changer and, you know, start moving up the ranks a little bit. I mean, I, I'm sure he's ranked in everybody's top 10 deathmatch guys right now, but um, get him a little more, uh, a little more 
noticed by some guys. I think some people still want to see guys go over a few times before they kind of move them up in that level. You know what I mean? Uh, and then the so the uh, the the championship match the the main event was Orin Vedit over Jimmy Lloyd. After the match, the guys showed a lot of respect and called each other the future of deathmatch wrestling, which is true. If uh, if this hybrid deathmatch style is going to go anywhere, it's going to be on these two young men's backs. Uh, both of these boys could go out there and work a WWF style match. Um, they could both never bleed again and probably have pretty good contracts with AEW. But we know both of these guys are going to bleed a lot of blood and break a lot of light tubes on each other over probably over the next what twenty years or so. Uh, yeah, at least I hope twice now. So I'm sure in, in five to six years we'll be able to talk about the seven match series they had, or like the Drake Younger, uh, you know, brain damage, Necrobutcher, Toby Klein, you know, these feuds that you know just had matches after match. Uh, you know, Danny Havoc, Masada. And that's a no. match, too, that you can take on the road, and you can do that in New Jersey or Delaware. You they they did already Indiana. in New Jersey. You know, they right. had it H2O. Right. Now they had it here. So maybe we'll see it in GCW at some point, too. Yep, and you can take that to California. You know, they're, and again, both guys, real safe guys. That's one of the uh, – I'll sure I'll beat that drum a lot over the next, you know, coming months is I – I like guys to be beaten up and bloody and everything, but I like guys to be safe. If I, if I see guys taking the crazy bumps that just look dangerous to their opponent, if you want to take a crazy risk on your own, that's fine. I, I'll never fault a guy for that. But, you know, I don't want to see guys hurting their uh, hurting their opponents. Legit, you know, shoot injuries are always scary. So uh, both of these guys are, are super safe guys, and they're fun to watch, and, and nice guys too. Oh, for sure. You know, I've interviewed them both in the past, and you know, I've been I've been saying Orin Vettis' name for a year now mm -hmm. uh, since I saw yeah. him in the IWA. Uh, so you want to be Deathmatch Star, uh, the one in the original one Prince tournament. Uh, I've uh, I interviewed him before he you know even did an ICW. And I I said he's going to be a star, you know, and he is. He just has a look, you know, great guy, great moves. So it's definitely uh, exciting to see that happening. Uh, and whatnot. So before I get away from uh, ICW Milwaukee, I'm on their page right now, um, and they've got a lot of stuff, you know, for the year. Uh, they've got an interesting thing coming up in March. It's called the Deathmatch Challenge, uh, and it's a bunch of uh, younger guys who don't do a lot of death matches. And I always find that these tournaments can be really, really exciting. Um, and actually, I see this has got some stipulations on here too, so that's cool. So I'm just going to read that off real quick, like. Um, the first match is a younger fellow, I believe, from Minnesota, Kyle Kyle Pro versus Kyle Riley. Pro is a, he's an Orin Vet guy. I saw him yep. um, a few weeks ago in Chicago. Resistance. Yep. yep, super nice guy. Uh, you know, when when your train one of your trainers is Molly Holly, uh, they're pretty they're pretty snug workers. So, sure. So a Minnesota guy, he's going to be taking on Riley Jackson, a Milwaukee guy. Uh, they're going to have a thumbtack and carpet strip match. Mm -hmm. Then in a barbed wire bat and boards match, uh, Taylor Tyler Sullivan will be taking on Jerry Blackwell. I know Jerry Jack Blackwell. He's a Milwaukee guy. Uh, Tyler, I believe, is a Chicago guy. Yeah. Then is, in a fans bring the weapon kitchen massacre. This match has got me excited. Uh, excuse me, just fans bring the weapon. Uh, Eddie only versus Zach McGuire. Uh, Zach's done some stuff here and there. Eddie is a guy who I think is going to be the Orin Vedit. Um, he had a at the last so you want to be a death match star. He made the finals against mm -hmm. uh, Justin Storm. Amazing. He just had a kick ass match in H2O with Eric Ryan, a fork match, which they had the got most god awful gimmick. A couple of cheap forks, and they, they still had a fucking kick ass match. So I think Eddie's a guy who was ready to break out 
Um, I think he's a guy you're going to see in GCW in the next year. You're going to see him more in other places. And he so, works stage crew for GCW now. He does. He does. He does a lot of stuff down south. Um, so Where's he from? What's that? Do you know where he's from? I believe he's out of Tennessee originally. Because yeah. I've seen him, his name has shown up on several of the indies here in the Chicagoland area. We're we're blessed to have thirty indies that are running shows every other weekend up here, um, and his name shows up on my Facebook feed a lot. So yeah, he gets around. You know, he does stuff with the resistance and whatnot. Uh, yeah, he's from Ohio originally. Okay, well, you can't hold. No one can be perfect, I guess. <laughs> But I, I thought he did a bunch of stuff down south. But uh, you know, he, he looks like he, uh, you know, he does some stuff. He's done some stuff for IWA, some of the tryout mm-hmm. shows. He appeared in CWF Mid Atlantic. He's done stuff for AIW in Cleveland. So that's wrong. He's more like a Cleveland guy. You know, wrestled for Mega in Cleveland. A lot of stuff for AIW, which sure. is a pretty prominent promotion out that way. You know, and he's done a lot of stuff for. Uh, he actually had a match with Orin Vedder in IWA Mid South in 2018. Hmm. Uh, look for that one. No, that he won, but the, but the uh, you know the so you want to be a deathmatch star tournament last year. He was phenomenal. He had a match for. Do you have like a bag of peanuts or something? Me? Yeah, I keep hearing this like sound. Sounds like you're opening a bag. Oh no, it, it might be the microphone smacking oh, against my sorry. shirt. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no peanuts. Okay, my bad. I've been hearing it for 10 minutes. I've been biting Oh, I apologize. Oh, Let me, I'll move my earbuds around and see if I can make this a little better. Hang on. You can keep going. Uh, so, you know, he had a great match for Catch Borden in the second round, who's another guy who I'm really high on. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, and then he had a great match with Eddie only in the finals. Um, he just had the kick-ass match with, uh, like I said, Oren, not Oren Bennett, but Eric Ryan. He's done some stuff for Black Label Pro, too. Uh, he wrestles in a tag team called The Production. Right, which is where that's a Northwest Indiana promo that runs in Highland, which is 15 minutes from my house. Oh, nice. Have you been to their shows? I have not. Uh, <gasps> I have four kids. Oh. I'm kind of busy. I know. I'm just joking. Yeah, They're a pretty cool promotion, though. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they used to run in Crown Point, um, and now they're running in Highland, Indiana. Um, I, I need to get to their shows. Their gyms are packed every time they have a show. Uh, I yeah, stopped they... one time to go. And they were actually sold out. So, oh, oh shit! Uh, I was gonna take my kid, uh, my five-year-old, and my my five-year-old niece. We were actually all gonna go, and we got there, and it was sold out. Yeah, they had Jimmy Lloyd and Nick Cage versus Ming and Barbarian. It was mm-hmm. fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, and he did that Darkest Day tournament too. Yeah. Where I mean, he brought in like every every month. There, you're looking at the the names, and you're like, Mordecai. Man, this guy was popular for three weeks. And- well, then they also bring in, like, PCO and Mance Warner, Teddy Hart. Yeah. Uh, Tom Lawler. They bring in a lot of cool... Jordana Grace was their champion for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, they bring in a lot of cool talent. They're going to be in the collective, too, uh, in New Jersey during WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I don't know what people are going to be doing. I'm going to be home that weekend, but I'm going to be watching a lot of wrestling, because I'm thinking I'm buying both packages, which is crazy. But that is not. I am not. I am not doing that. But yeah. yeah, it's thirty show. But thinking of just moving the family out for the week, telling them all to go to Florida. Yeah, send them to Disney World. And I'll and stay. I'll you stay at watch home. Indie wrestling. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll stay at home that way. I'll stay in New York. Just me and right. the dogs, and we'll watch like indie. We'll binge for like a week. You know, no shave, no shower. Just. It'll be. It'll be rough. Yeah. Probably not going to happen though. But. <laughs> Yeah, 
I say it jokingly, but I think if I brought that to the warden, I would get shot down. Yeah, probably pretty quick. said, hey, well, but she does like Florida, though. Yeah. But, I, mean, I bet the five-year-olds would not mind Disney World. Oh, they all, the five-year-old, the two-year-old, the 12-year-old. The 19-year-old still loves it. The 24-year-old still loves it. If you guys don't know, Mike's got a herd. <laughs> the whole clan. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a few. It's cold up here. There's not a lot to do right, in the yeah. winter. So yeah, we the have TV to goes warm. out sometimes, and you got to do something. It's freezer or stay warm. All right. So back to back away from my winter <laughs> in, in uh, procreation. Uh, back to uh, some results. So AKE uh, ran a tournament in Mexico, ran a deathmatch tournament. That's a promotion that is uh, Aztec Karate Extremo. Uh, the promoter is uh, Crazy Frank. Uh, they ran a cool tournament on February 22nd. Uh, Medeo Extremo defeated Medeo. Medeo. I'm going to say Medeo because they hollered at me last time. So, mm -hmm. Medeo Extremo defeated Vulcan. Sequel Play defeated Kamikaze. Crazy Frank defeated Mortis. Arandu defeated Venom Black. In the semis, uh, Medeo, Medeo. I'm just going to call him Mr. Extremo. Mm -hmm. Mr. Extremo defeated Arandu. Sequel Play defeated Crazy Frank. Now, the finals. Gotta be amazing because these two are always amazing. Medeo defeated Sequel Play. Uh, I bet that was fun. It is. I've seen it. Um, I haven't watched the whole show, but I watched the main event. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll send you the show at some point. Okay. So you can watch it too. But uh, yeah, real good show. Uh, those two always fucking kill it. Uh, just amazing, amazing. Uh, you know, good stuff. There hasn't been a lot going on in Mexico lately, but NGX, you know, they've got uh, some stuff announced. The rejects are going to be in NGX. Yeah, I saw that. Back to Mexico. Going back to Mexico, which is awesome. Orin. Orin's going. Yeah, Orin's going to. Well, Orin's going to DTU. Okay. Orin and Raver are going to DTU. Did and, I see and, Dis put something out that he's going to Mexico too? Oh, did he? Yeah, maybe he's I, going to. Maybe. I don't know. DTU if he is. But uh, I'll tell you in two seconds. Um, first, let me just look at the NGX because I know that there's a couple guys. Aiden Blackheart is going to NGX. Maybe it was Aiden Blackheart that yep. I saw. And, and uh, the Rejects are going to NGX. I'm just going to look up that show quick. I think it is in March. I think it's in April. April, March, yeah. Like March 30th. Hey, my birthday. Huh. So March 30th, uh, the Rejects will be in NGX. Uh, Umberto is a good guy, their promoter. I have uh, spoke with him. Perhaps I'll talk with him again before their show. Uh, me and him message each other occasionally. I seem to know all the Mexican promoters pretty well. We all are message pals. But uh, Umberto and myself, and uh, shout out to Jamie Gerardo for uh, translating. We've uh, had some different conversations as we've uh, talked about things. So it looks like that's cool that Aiden and the Rejects are down there. And then I know that uh, Aiden and, uh, not Aiden, but Oren, and uh, G-Raver are going back to DTU, and I right. believe in April. And uh, that's cool because I know uh, G-Raver, I think it's his third time down there, mm -hmm. third or fourth. He's, uh, you know, very popular down there and you know, taking Orin with him. So it's going to be Orin's first, you know, exposure down there in Mexico. So that's uh, it's really, really cool that those guys are going to be down there in April, you know, representing GCW. It's cool that Orin is, you know, representing GCW. So, yeah. you know, they, they picked him to go down there, too. So, yeah, that's going to be uh, cool. They haven't announced matches yet, but obviously they have a lot of talent down there. So I'm excited to see. Uh, hopefully they'll have it taped. Sometimes they do tape them, sometimes they don't. Um, 
you know, so far, I know they sent KTB down there, Slack, uh, Nick Gage, Marcus Crane, uh, Danny DeMonto, Connor Claxton. So a lot of the, uh, you know, GCW guys, Connor, a CZW guy, went down there in the past and toured. Eric Ryan went down there. Uh, you know, some real cool matches. Uh, you I, know, bet Eric, I bet Eric Ryan just killed it while he was down there, too. They had a great, great six-man. Uh, it actually it won the uh, International Tag Team Match of the Year in the Deathmatch Cult of Wars last year. It was Eric Ryan, uh, Fukimoto from Freedoms, mm-hmm. and uh, G-Raver against uh, Extremo, Mr. Extremo, Sequel <laughs> Play, and Violento Jack. Well, imagine that. I mean, you've got six of the best deathmatch workers in the in the world going at it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they had razor boards and fuckery boards and just all kinds of uh, craziness. Hey, I, why we're talking about it on that ICW show? Did you see the, the? It was on the cult page. The guy that had made that. It was like a four by eight sheet of plywood that had twelve light tubes and ninety six thumbtacks and four gusset plates. Did you see that that board? I did. To who did do you know who ended up going through it? I don't. I was just I was curious about that. No. When you said fuckery board, it made me think of that. Right. I'm gonna watch that show today though. I did purchase it from Smart Mark this morning. Mm-hmm. So I will let you know. Yes. Because I had plans on uh, watching that today. I was gonna try to watch it before, but uh unfortunately uh my wife's the Star is Born movie came in and we won't say anything more. Oh jeez. I was forced to watch that was like watching I was forced to watch the Star is Born. There wasn't any paint sitting around that you could just watch dry instead? No, no, no. That's not acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) That's not acceptable. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about Big Japan, the Ikotozen Deathmatch Survivor. You want to go through and uh, tell us uh, who's going to be in Group A, who's going to be in Group B? I will go through and butcher all these Japanese names. Oh, don't worry. They're used to it with me. So, uh, Abdullah Kobayashi. Kobayashi. Kobayashi, you're good. Uh, Isam Kodaha, Ryuji Oda, Yuka Miyamoto, oh man, <laughs> R-Y-U-I, I don't even know how to make those sounds, right. Ryushi Sakentai, Ryushi Sakin, uh, Yuko Miyamoto, Ryuji okay. Ito, uh, Asami Kodaka, I know how to say the last one, Jimmy Havoc, <laughs> it's funny when it's written in English, I can read it, you missed Yusha, Yushihito Ito, I weird that I skipped over that. Almost, almost like that was done on purpose. Man, I feel better about myself. I've actually learned some of these. I've yeah. I uh, even like a pro. Usually, I'm like, well, I'll do uh, Group B. Masashi Takada, Toshiyuki Sakura, Takuma Tsukamoto, Ken Kuro Hoshino, Munro Fujito, Sakayuki Uiki. Uki, I'm sounding like I have a wow, sounding weird. Uki I'm, I'm putting like a Japanese like spin on it. That's weird. Takayuki, Yuki, and Ricky Shane Page. See, um, I, I, there's two of the names on there that I was fairly certain I knew how to pronounce. I'm not the biggest Japanese wrestling fan. I'll that's probably where my biggest shortfall comes. So, okay. So there's a lot of Japanese guys out there just pulling their hair out. How does Max not know these guys' names? It's okay not to know names, but you got to be a fan. We got to get you there because I'm. Oh, I'm definitely a fan. I just don't. I watch it usually. I watch it on uh, on the cult page with mute on and just watch the match. But nice. Big Japan is is probably the best promotion in the last twenty years. People may throw rocks, and, but there's so many amazing. I ain't even gonna start because I could mm-hmm. name. I could probably give you my top one hundred Big Japan matches if I sat down and thought about it. That. 
We don't. <laughs> It'd be like a 10 episode. So, you know, I do know that this is a, a round robin tournament with taking the top four, correct? Uh, yes. Yep. Um, each group will face each other in a singles match. Uh, so then we, do you, do you see, sorry, I, I did do some show prep and some research. I've seen that it seems like about every other year when they run the tournament, there's a couple of guys that are there specifically just to job. Is there anybody that jumps off this list at you as, man, it's going to be hard for Ricky Shane Page to get any, to get over in any of these matches or? No, he'll, he'll be okay. Um, I don't think Havoc will do as good. No, um, I, I, I don't necessarily think he'll job. I think... It's hard to say because you got older guys. Like I don't know how well Kobayashi will do because he's getting up there in age. And okay. Edo, at some point, in Ryuji Edo, because some point they have to like kind of pass the torch. So mm-hmm. they'll probably go 50 50. will do good. Sakura has never won a singles match in Big Japan, but I think he's a guy who could break out. Uh, Hoshino, I think, will kind of be a job guy. And Fujita, you know, they're up there in age, too. They're in their 40s. Um, Kodaka is still a major star. Um, right. Miyamoto is still a star. Um, you know, Udo is new to it, so he may not do great because he just started in deathmatch tournaments, but he's a guy who, you know, they don't, just the thing about Japanese guys is when they put you in these things, you know, you got to go for a year or two or oh, three yeah. or four as a young boy. You're not going to, you might not have wins for years. Um, yeah, and Steven has, has brought that up several times that it, it, it seems that GCW is doing the same thing with their guys is you got to come in and, and show that you're going to, and work here before we're going to get you wins. Uh, and I like that about the Japanese style, you know, that they'll they beat the shit out of these young boys for a few years and you got to earn your stripes. Um, yeah, I definitely think, uh, I think that, you know, looking at this, what kind of dream matches do I see? Um, I think Kodaka and Jimmy Havoc could be fun. Um, Block B, I see, I think Takeda and Shane Page, you know, because Takeda's a beast and Mickey Shane Page, they've been kind of booking him as this big monster over there. That could be cool. I think Takeda and Yuki could have a really good match. I think Takeda and Sakato could have a really good match. And anytime Takeda and Tuskamoto, you know, tag team partners and Golden Lovers getting together, it could be good. And in the other block, you know, Miyamoto and Kodoka are, are tag team partners, but whenever they get together, they have amazing matches. So there's just so many amazing matches. I absolutely love that time of the year for Big Japan because, you know, there's so many amazing matches that come out of this tournament. I was a little um, bummed to see them put Takeda and Shane Page in the in the same side of the bracket. I, I like the the monsters. I thought it'd kind of been cool if if you could have kind of had it to where two monsters and you could put the monster Japanese guy against the monster American. Yeah, I don't think an American guy will make the finals. I I think Ricky Shane Page will make the semifinals. It'll okay. probably be against Takeda. Well, that's yeah, fine then. But uh, yeah. I don't think he'll make the finals, especially hardly have been there because I mean, Big Japan. In all the years that they, they've done this, I mean, since the whole CZW Zandig thing, they don't put American guys over anymore. Well, they almost killed their own promotion putting Zandig's guys over so much. Well, not just that, but he left with the belt. The mm-hmm. business was big. He, he shit on them. It just made the whole... They had a very sour taste in their mouth. Masada and, and Pondo and Drake Younger have got title matches, but no one has ever made the finals of this tournament or won the BJW title since Zandig for an American. Right. Uh, you know, before that, you know, Zandig had won it. Abdullah the Butcher had won it. Um, Canadian. Uh, yeah, but really, Abdullah's not American, but I understand. Right. No, it's American. He's not Japanese either. Right. But, uh, you know, Gajin has uh, not won it. So I really don't see Page making the finals. I could see him making the semifinals. And I guess, boy, you know, uh, it's hard to stay in the other bracket. I mean, I, I think Kadaka, Miyamoto, 
I don't think Ido, I don't think Kobayashi, they're too old unless they have like a last run. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see, I mean, we just had Ido against Tanahashi. So I see Takeda winning it and then the, the big Meisho being uh, Takahashi Takeda 4. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I see that. Um, I guess I guess Miyamoto or Kodoka I could see going to the finals. I, I can't see anybody else unless Sikin or Udo kind of surprised. But they're just, you know, they're not, I don't think they're at that step yet. Well, well, I, I, definitely, I definitely don't see Jimmy Havoc doing much. I mean, Jimmy's going to have some pretty strong uh, AEW commitments probably starting in July-ish. Um, I know as they're working to, you know, I was just reading some stuff that they're hoping to have TV stuff wrapped up maybe in August. Um, and that's a name that they're going to want to build around. That buys them some instant European cred. Not that the Bucks really need that, but I don't think that... Um, if I'm Big Japan, I don't want to put a guy that's going to be on potentially a rival's TV over too strongly. Um, yes and no. Um, I think it'd be a really big thing for someone to reference Big Japan and AEW too. I don't really consider them a rival because they're an American promotion and they're not a deathmatch promotion. Right. Well, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I almost I think anymore in the digital world to say that somebody's not going to be getting downloads in Japan or not getting downloads in the U.S. You know, it's I don't know. Well, It'll be interesting. I agree with you there. Um, I don't really think Jimmy's a real big high spot guy anyway, so he's more one of those cringe kind of deathmatch guys. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, uh, you know, makes for a lot of interesting matches. It's cool to see some American talent in there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know GCW is going to be running in Japan in August, uh, two nights in a row. So, you know, it's nice to see there's some talent over in BJW. And we're off. So we are going to do a preview of GCW's To Live or Die in L.A. Do you have that card in front of you? I do. So the match is going to kick off. With uh, KTB versus uh, Matt Vandergraaf. Um, should be, you know, Kyle the Beast is obviously, you know, kind of that monster. Been with the company forever. That should be uh, it should be a pretty fun one, I think. Um, I don't know much about Matt. Uh, I tried to look him up, but ran out of time. He's mostly a Kelly indie guy. He always does okay. stuff with Eric Aberfly. Eli Everfly, excuse me. Yeah. You know, he's mostly a Kelly Indy guy. He's really done a, a whole, whole lot. Looks like he's a Santino Brothers trainee. Yeah. Uh, and he wrestles with EWF normally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he should. I I, uh, I would, if, if I was booking, I would have Kyle smash this guy uh, and start building him up as a monster. Or maybe, a, you know, he's, he's doing heel promos already. Build him up as a monster heel. And uh, that might be kind of fun to have a guy on the undercard that's just running through these guys. Cool. And then next we have the a scramble match. It's B-Boy versus the Human Tornado versus Delilah Doom uh, versus Tyler Bateman versus Lucas Riley versus James Douglas. Uh, oh, not my cup of tea. No, it's going to be a high spot kind of show. Um, yeah, I'm a little sad that we had three death matches and we had like three flippy matches. I was hoping we'd go like one more death match to even it out, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. We went one more flippy match. Well, I think uh, it's... Oh, go ahead. Well, what you're saying? I think it's just they're trying to figure out what that crowd's going to dig. Um, uh, it's just... 
you know, I, I think the other thing is cheap talent. You know, you can get these guys in, and may, and who knows what they're working with, like uh, uh, with the federations that they're getting these guys from. Uh, I know after the show they're doing that that brawl with some of the guys. So I still would like one more death match. I'm a I'm a death match enthusiast. So oh, as am I. Yeah, I, they said I mean, Lucas I, I, Riley's 19. Yep. Um, and and supposedly he's got some really big upside. We'll see. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of scramble matches. I don't mind. I don't mind a scramble match, but I don't want to see. There's a match on this show that is probably the reason I'm not going to buy it. Um, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, so then the next one we get Eli Everfly and Jimmy Lloyd. This is going to be fun. Uh, I think Jimmy's going to get to show off that newfound speed that he's got since he's lost some weight. Um, and yeah, I think this will this will be. The first car that um, I'm really excited about, or the first match on the car that I'm really excited about. What are your thoughts? Um, I like Jimmy as a deathmatch wrestler. I mean, he, he has a lot of weight, but I kind of think he's sloppy when he goes against like your Rich Swan or your PWG guys. I don't think that's his career path. I think he wants it, and it's great, but I, I'd like to see him as your balls-out deathmatch guy. Um, yeah. I like him better there with his hybrid. I don't think he's quite a pro wrestling gorilla guy yet, and I think he's trying to do that, and sometimes he looks sloppy. Here's my thoughts on him trying to be the deathmatch guy forever is Jimmy's not very big at all. When I met him in Chicago uh, at the 400-degree show, so I'm 6'1". I'm not massive, but I was a lot bigger than him. Um, and I think when you start putting him in there against, you know, against guys like Aaron Ryan, Eric Ryan and stuff, some of the shorter guys, he's going to look fine. Uh, but against somebody like uh, RSP or something, he's going to look really small. So when you put him in with guys like an Eli Everfly, yeah, I think it's just going to make it's going to make it look better. But um, yeah, I think he definitely needs to tighten things up. And you know, uh, against MGF, he he definitely looks sloppy. And um, I don't know that we'll ever see him as a as a AEW caliber guy. But I think he can. Always, if he doesn't want to get bloody and beat up, I think he'll always have a spot on the mid to undercard in the GCW and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like you said, you know, Jimmy's not that tall. He's five foot ten. Right. Um, Nick Gage is five foot ten too. It's true. Nick carries he, the weight a little different, though. You know, maybe. Yeah, but, but he could, you know, you could put him in the ring against Godzilla. Yeah, Nick will walk right up to Godzilla and spit in Godzilla's face and turn his back all the way. He doesn't give a shit. And fucking <laughs> shank him. Yeah, Nick ain't scared. Uh, um, but yeah, maybe it's just the way Jimmy kind of carries himself. He just he comes across as smaller life too, I think. And Jimmy, that's no no slide against you. I know you do listen. <laughs> I don't need to get heat with half the guys in, in the GCW locker room on my first show. Um, that'd be fun. Uh, so then we get uh, the first death match on the card, which is going to be G. Raver and Drew Parker. Mike, go ahead and break this one down. Where do you think it's going to go? Oh, it's going to be amazing. When I saw it, I thought it was be amazing. I thought it was perfect to put these two together. Um, I think that might be the match of the card. Agreed. Um, maybe. I mean, there's two other great death matches. But, yeah, I'm a big proponent of Drew Parker. I thought he did great in TOD. I like his stuff in Fight Club Pro. I like his stuff in uh, DOA. 
TNT Extreme. I like his stuff in Riptide, you know, different promotions he's worked for in the UK. I followed him, seen quite a few of his matches. Um, I think he works great with Raver. I think it's going to be a sick, crazy high spot match with two guys that can really wrestle. And so Raver's not excited. scared to take this craziest bump of the night. Right. This is why I am buying the card and sitting through five flipping matches I don't want to watch. <laughs> this is why I will buy it for this match. Well, I engage in, in clone. Uh, and I think this but, is going to be great to get Drew Parker over in L.A. I know he's he's done some matches. You know, he's done some U.S. stuff. He's done some Japanese stuff. He's obviously big in England. I think this is what helps get... I think guys need to go places live and be seen in, in the different markets. And if you do a show in New Jersey, you watch it on TV, there's a different touch. There's a different feel. There's, there's different to be in there live. Uh, and I think getting Drew in front of these L.A. guys is going to be big and to getting him over more. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I could see Drew ending up on TV uh, with AEW someday, especially with the hybrid style he can work and not being scared to take some. You put him and Joey Janela in there and he'll take the bumps with Joey, you know. Um, I think that'd be fun. For sure. So then we get uh, Tony Deppin and um, ja Jake Atlas. Um I don't know anything about Jake Atlas. Uh, Jake Atlas is a uh, a guy who's done a lot of stuff on the Canadian scene. Uh, I believe he is uh, out of Ontario. I'm going to tell you in two seconds here. They said he's a, another Santino Brothers trainee uh, and recently became the PCW Ultralight Champion. Not sure. PCW either. But while you're looking that up, we'll, we can talk about the next match, which is probably going to be a train wreck, um, snorting cocaine, and uh, fucking another train wreck. And that's uh, Schlack versus uh, Marcus Crane in a death match, obviously. Uh, these guys are going to – these guys kill each other when it's not even televised. Um, you put this on Fight TV for GCW, and they're going to try and rip each other's heads off. You know, they're best friends. They – if you follow either of them on Facebook or Twitter, they're always talking to each other. Uh, and I think they're one of the ones that... Oh. Yes, as we were talking about Jake Atlas and... Uh... Tony yeah, he's a Santino Brothers trainee and the PCW right. Ultralight champion. Where's uh, PCW? Do you know? It's located out of around Sacramento. Uh, Rob Van Dam has been their champion. Uh, Pentagon has been their champion. Uh, really cool promotion. They brought in Sandman, Terry Funk, Very Masada. Cool. Yeah, the War Beasts are there. Uh, Phoenix has been there. Yeah, they bring a lot of talent. They're a really cool uh, promotion in uh, Cali. Awesome. So like I said, with, with, all the, with, with all the indie guys here in the Chicagoland area, it's kind of really all I watch as far as non-deathmatch shows. So uh, if I'm going to be on this show, I probably need to broaden my horizons a little bit. But. So what match, didn't, which match did you think was a thinker? Uh, uh, on this one? Yes. It's, it's a, this is that one match you didn't want to see. Uh, the Joey Ryan versus Orange Cassidy. Oh, yes, I forgot. My God, me too. Uh, I, um, Brett, uh, Danny, I know you guys both uh, both are uh, Steven and Mike fans. I don't know. 
I don't know if you're going to like me because I'm not buying your show because of this one. I have no interest in either of these guys. Uh, I know a lot of people call this the indie dream match, and they love these guys. No, no. I hate I hate cock suplexes yeah, in, your I, in your pockets. It's sus- not for me. It is for spend my belief five minutes, please. I want to not. I want to think it's real. I hope that Schlack comes out and and murders them both. Yeah, if Schlack uh, has a shank and can stand both man, of these guys, Schlack and Nick Cage would come out and just come out. Prison rules them both. Yes. Well, so Joey these two back to PC where they probably would be. And well, Joey was supposed to have taken on Nick Cage. So maybe Nicky will come out and attack them both. That would be <laughs> before the match starts. Yeah, yeah, I have no desire to see Joey Ryan and Orange Cassidy. I am not. And you know what? I'm not knocking either of them because they're professional wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And God bless them. They have their gimmicks and they've gotten over great. It's just not my cup of tea. Right, not exactly. On a watch. And, you know, and I respect everyone's opinion. Just like I'm saying my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not what I want to see. I'm not a fan of either of them. Uh, I hope they have great careers and they make a lot of money. It's just not my style. I'm not into the comedy Chikara, you know, as much as some. I like some Chikara stuff, like when Brian Danielson did Tag Grand Prix and some of the more serious stuff, but I'm not really into the Invisible Man, who apparently died this week, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or the grenades or all that. I'm a Deathmatch fan. I'm not exactly. even into the flippy stuff so much. I, I mean, like I, Strong Style and Deathmatch. That's what I, I love Strong enough. Style. And if I want to watch Flippy, I'll probably watch PWG because mm-hmm. they have some of the better, you know, Flippy stuff. Uh, I, but yeah, I'm a I huge did like Lucha Underground when they were around. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a huge strong style fan. I like a good junior heavyweight match if it's if it's got good wrestling incorporated into it. You know, like Dynamite Kid and, and Tiger mm-hmm. Mask, which I think you know were were strong style and no one really kicked everything over. But yeah, uh, this match I have no interest in. I, I I I can see him putting his cock in his pocket. I don't know. I don't know what. It, it, and I unfortunately, I think they're going to get an insane amount of time. They're going to get twenty or twenty-five minutes. Oh, the, yeah, I'll, I'll, that'll be an intermission when I'm watching it. Uh, because I, uh, I thought the worst part of All In was Joey Ryan. Agreed. Stupid. And it, it cut the main event, which was amazing. And so instead of having twenty-five minutes, they had eleven minutes, and we got to see a bunch of cocks come out. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of looking at cocks. Maybe I'm weird. Cock and balls. Know. What's that? Yeah. Not a big fan of looking at them, you know. It's just no, no. You know, people say, "What are you?" I'm not anti anything. I just think it's stupid to have a bunch of people dressed as cocks. <laughs> get off yourself. You know, people are out there saying, "Oh, you're." Ba-. I'm not bashing nobody's license. Nothing. I think it's ridiculous to see a bunch of costume cocks. If they're costume vaginas, I would think it would be ridiculous. Yeah, agreed. If it was costume boobs, I'd have so, been like, "Okay, well, this is a waste of my thing. time here." Yeah. I want to watch wrestling. I don't want to watch a bunch of fucking costume cocks. Running right. around fucking enjoy Ryan, who I think sucks. I'm not a fan of his. Orange Cassidy, I'm not a fan of his. I didn't like his match that they said it couldn't be done. You know, and you, you know, no catch heat, like I said. But again, that's just my opinion. For the 8,000 people that like him, my opinion don't mean shit. And, and right. I'm, but I, I can have it. You know, and I'm expressing it. That's not, and I, well, I, do I support GCW? Yes. Will I buy this? Yeah, I still will, only because I really want to see the three death matches. But mm. I won't probably watch this match. And if I do, I'll be disgusted when I'm done. So let's go to the next match. Okay, the next match is Schlack versus Marcus Crane. Uh, oh, and- boy. It's a car wreck with them always. Oh, I, I when when the, when Skype failed us, I called it as a train wreck, snorting cocaine, and fucking another train wreck. 
Uh, yeah, I always like to say a car got hit by a train and a plane hit the train, but uh, yours is very elegant too. Yeah, like I'm a, I'm a wordsmith. Uh, yes, nice. I, I think they're gonna just and it's it's supposed to be a um, skid row match, skid row death match, which I don't even know what that means, but I uh, think it's gonna Sebastian, be amazing. Sebastian Bach is going to come out and sing "18 in Life." I don't know. Somebody said that on mine. I thought it was funny. I, I, I hope it's an 18 minute match, but I think they both might die. Remember that? Remember that old Skid Row band? Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna come out and sing "I Remember You," and I went out. Somebody said that line. I said, "No, no, no." He's gonna come out and sing the good Skid Row stuff on the second album, like "Get the Fuck Out" or "Monkey Business." Right. I don't remember those. I remember the ballads. Oh, I remember the good stuff. The Slay the Grind <laughs> album was super heavy. After they put out that, I remember you bullshit. Right. They put out a super heavy album, and they went on tour with Pantera. I do remember that. I do remember hearing that. Actually, a bar I worked at in Fort Wayne had them long before I was old enough to go, but they still had the posters hanging up in the GM's office of nice. uh, Skid Row and Pantera. Like, I don't want to go too much into music because it'll be cutting right. into Leon Joba. You know, Riot Kicker, Riot Act, Mud Kicker, Get the Fuck Out, Slave to the Grind, Monkey Business, Quicksand Jesus. All right. <clears throat> Anyways, like that back to the, okay. Hey guys, if you're into the music stuff, Mike and Leon are both musical geniuses. Uh, that 420 Metalhead uh, podcast is awesome. I'm not the biggest metal guy. I'm not a weed guy, but I still dig the podcast. I had a nine-hour drive yesterday, and I think I listened to all of them. So yeah, download that. So after that, rolling off next is going to be Jungle Boy and Rich Swan. A little breaking news of Jungle Boy: Luke Perry, his dad, has actually just been ho- hospitalized, having a severe stroke. Uh, wow really yeah it's like on my twitter timeline as we're doing this uh and they're they're saying um he's under under um critical observation and had a massive stroke oh wow Uh, he's not that old either no i was actually trying to figure out how old he was i'd say between 45 and 50 i was born in standby breaking news here standby 1966 so yeah, uh, fifty-three, right? A little older than I thought. Yeah. Wow. But well, yeah, fifty-two. Yeah. Hopefully everything goes well, and you know, uh, Jungle Boy's a lot of fun. Rich Swan's a lot of fun. So that should be a a pretty good one. Um, a lot of flippy, yeah. It would be flippy for sure, but uh, you know, there is places for that. So, and that brings us up to the. Well, the semi-main is what they're calling the Joey Ryan Orange Cassidy match, which oh, <sighs> let's talk about the main event. All right, so the main event, the champion Nick Gage versus the man who just impresses me every time I see him, Alex Cologne. Do you think? Do you think Cologne takes it? I think they have to. Uh, I, I know I, I I caught some heat on the the um, the Colt page of their. Right after the the um, man, I'm having a hard time with words. All of a sudden, I'm still trying to read Luke Perry stuff. Sorry, uh, I caught some heat on the Colt yeah, page. Yeah, I know Yeah, uh, after I said that, you know, I thought I thought Gage looked hurt, and I couldn't believe Schlack didn't go over. I still think Gage looked hurt. I've watched the match two or three times now. He's definitely limping. He's definitely beat up. He's had the belt for like 450 days. Well, he hasn't messed up knee. I mean, it's not a secret, right? And also, people shouldn't give you grief. Oh, I got it. I'm a grown-up. Call, baby. We got our opinion. Yeah, coming in. Unlike some other Facebook pages, we let you have an opinion here at the call. We don't 
kick you off and hit the band hammer. Right. Uh, but Alex has done everything these guys have asked him. He's he's had matches with two Japanese guys the last two months or three months where he's basically been asked to go in there and do the job and take some pretty nasty bumps and, and not get a whole lot of rub. I don't think you can beat Alex hard three months in a row like this. If if you want to keep the belt on Alex or not put the belt on Alex and, and give him a rub, maybe you do a screw job. You have somebody come in, do a run-in. I don't know how you set it up without setting something up in the back. I don't know. Uh, or in the background, I don't know if he's got some heat from um, an old uh, an old program that was worked a while ago. I know Alex is, you know, maybe you could have something like, uh, you know, the thing that jumps into my head is have somebody else from the old CCW days come out, dump him on his dump him on his head, and while he's got Gage kind of down and ready for the win, and maybe he's gloating and showboating a little bit. You probably have to have Alex play heel in this match to do that. Somebody come out, work him over. Gage hits him for the finish, gets a finish on him, and then pins him. Bit of a screw job, and then maybe you could set something up to not kill Alex. But I, I don't think you can have Alex job three months in a row either. Um, I, I want to say this will be the match Gage will lose, but I thought that was slack, and I, I'm, I'm going to kind of reverse my opinion. I think Gage keeps the belt. I'm yeah. going to go against my own predictions, and I'm going to I'm going to say he keeps the belt. I'm very interested to know. Um, if Nick will be able to get into Japan. I don't think you have to take the belt to Japan to uh, legitimize this tournament. I think the Japanese fans, you know, Steven's talked about it several times, that the Japanese fans just like watching those GCAW uh, demos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that the belt even needs to go. Um, I've been to Japan. It's a very hard country to get in. I don't know that Nick would be able to get in. I'm not a Japanese transport expert, though. Uh, so it, it should be interesting. I don't think Alex has much more than a speeding ticket or two in his background, so I'm sure he'll be able to get in, and I'm sure he'll be able to do amazing things over there. And, and the thing about Alex, too, is I don't think – I don't think, and I don't think Nick does either, but I don't think Alex has a bad match with anybody you put him in there with. Right. You um, know, I kind of been thinking about it. Originally, I was thinking he won't, but then I got thinking, too, MVP had armed robbery where someone mm-hmm. got shot. He went to prison for seven years. He was a star in Japan after that. Uh, Booker yeah. T did prison time. He wrestled in Japan for uh, TNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Hardy had been arrested for two years before, and he wrestled there at Wrestle Kingdom. So I know it's very hard to get there, but I'm kind of thinking all these guys had similar charges, some worse. Yeah, and Nick's also been out for a while. It's not like Nick got out six months ago. He's been out three or four years now, right? Well, yeah, and the charge is from 2010. Right. Or even before that. I think 2009. 2009. Yeah, so it's been that 10-year window. So, yeah, he may, you know, I'm overthinking it. He, he may very well be able to get in. Well, he just might be overthinking it. The, but the thing is, that, that knee, he's definitely working hurt. Um, and he's limping around. And, and he's also, Nick's over. Um, it goes back to uh, the stuff that they used to say about the click. When you have a belt, you don't. If you're over, you don't need the belt. But the click's yeah, doing it all the belts. Nick needs the belt. He, he can be in the main event without the belt. Nick will main event every show. Nick gives you that chance now to have two main events on every show and build it as a double main event show every night. Um, and and we can give Alex some rub, Alex and build. I don't think Alex necessarily, obviously, needs a belt to get that main event push either. He's main event of the last or semi main of the last two shows, anyways. Um, 
But I also think the guy that the two Japanese guys handpicked that they want to work with, and he goes out there and has mat, you know, match of the year candidates with both of them. Um, I think if it's my promotion, I'm fantasy booking. I put Alex over and let Alex carry the boat, the boat, uh, the belt until Japan, and then I have somebody go over Alex the first night in Japan, and then Alex win the belt back the second night in Japan. That's how I would do it. And I'd probably have Marcus Crane be the guy that takes the belt and drops the belt in Japan. Interesting. I, I, I'm going to go gauge. I don't know why, because I keep thinking he's going to lose, but I just got this wild hair. So let me go on to our next our thing. We're going to do a preview of the H2O Hardcore Kingdom 3, uh, which is in March 23rd, 2019. Or no. I have that up, too. My date's if, if screwed up. March, March 8th. Oh, I have it right here, actually. I'm seeing it's March 9th. Ninth, excuse me. GCW is the eighth. Mm-hmm. Hardcore Kingdom's the ninth. Yeah, and I have all the matches right in front of me too. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go through a tournament real quick. It's gonna be three, uh, three way, three way dances, then a four way final. Here's my only thing. I don't like that format. No um, I like singles matches. Um, if you had to have, I don't know. They got twelve guys. I guess I'd have had. I, I did nine matches from that. I would have did. Uh, Six, or I did ten matches. I did uh, six first round matches. I did three semifinals. Then I would have did one three way final. That's how I would have did that. And you know what? And even if you had the other matches, it's only 12, 13 matches. You know, a couple of them will run quick, I'm sure. Uh, but, but nonetheless, this is how they got it Jeff Cannonball versus Cody Rice versus Zorn Vedit. Uh, Schlack versus Dysfunction versus Bam Sullivan. Ron Mathis versus Maria Manick versus Aiden Ball. And Low Life Louie Ramos versus Jimmy Lyon versus Mitch Valen. Which one of those has you most excited? Uh, Oren, for sure. Uh, the Oren match, I think those guys have the, the chance to go out there and kill it. Um, but, you know, I think Jeff Cannonball has the potential to go out there and have some fun. Schlack, you know, but I, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing Orin in this tournament and working well, some different guys, and I've seen him work before. And well, Orin and Cody Rice are magic together. Mm-hmm. They've fought a bunch of times. So Cannibal, yeah. I would agree with you. My second favorite match would be Schlack, Dysfunction, and Sullivan. I, I think it'll be cool to see Dis and Schlack in there together. Yeah, but I think Schlack's probably going to walk that one pretty quick. I think that that kind of I had circled as one of the quicker ones. Let Schlack kind of go in there and get him through quick. Schlack's going to have a war the night before. Never um, know. Yeah, you don't. You're right. Who Slack take on the night before? Uh, crap, I had that in front of me. I didn't even know he was announced for Philly. You know, he might not be, and I might just... I'm wrong. Slack's not working the night before. You're right. You're thinking of LA. Yep. Marcus. Yeah, the week before. Week before, not the night before. And he may end up working. They haven't announced anybody yet. So, non-tournament matches, uh, we have... Uh, the H2O tag team titles in a four-way, four teams. Uh, Notorious Inc. against Dan O'Hare and Sean Henderson, Jimmy Lloyd and Danny Gallagher, Connor Claxton and Kid Osborne. Eh, way too many people in that match. Yeah, uh, Connor Claxton's fun to watch. He's probably one of my favorites over the years. I, I, I think I enjoy pretty much every match he's in. He's funny um, when they interview him and stuff, too. So I, I'm excited to see Connor work. Cool. Stockade and G-Raver and anything goes grudge match. That should be cool. Now, the three-way dance, I think that could be the best march to the card. Alice Cologne, Lucky 13, and Marcus Crane. Mm-hmm. 
Lucky 13 getting back in there. Yeah, that could be a really uh, runaway match. That's uh, three really good workers there. Yeah, and three guys that are pretty creative. Again, we I just talked up Alex Cologne for the last five minutes, so I won't go into that. But Lucky 13, you know, uh, creative guy, strong style guy, strong, awesome work style, work rate. Marcus Crane's nuts. Um, and those, those are three of the better names in deathmatch wrestling, so I think it's going to be good. Definitely. Now, uh, our friends in Rise. Rise! Big hey, girl. I was going to say one thing just to help Tremont out because yes. I do like him so much. Guys, the, the front row's already sold out. So if you want to go to this show, you better get a hold of Matt soon. Uh, and that's the Tremont2k11 at Gmail. Because um, he's only got back row tickets left. And that venue is fairly small. If you want to go to that show, you better get a hold of him. Um, go to their website. It's h2awrestling.com. It's got all their contact information. Um, that show is nine days from today. I don't. I would imagine in the next five or six days he's going to have that thing sold out. So buy your tickets early. Absolutely. Now, uh, back I was saying our good friends in Rise are doing the Games of Death tournament, the God Death Match tournament, on the twenty third. Uh, so far, they've announced Big Joe uh, from America, Casanova Valentine. Then a very interesting pick, the Iceman, is coming out of retirement. Iceman's a guy who wrestled in the 90s and the mid-2000s. Uh, he won the actually the first WXW Deathmatch Tournament over Ian Rotten. He did some stuff way back for uh, CWA with Auto Wands. He's done some Deathmatch stuff in IPW and WXW early on. So it's cool to see the Iceman. He has uh, not... Uh, been there in quite some time. So. When I hear Iceman, I think King Parsons, though. So I'm like, what? Yeah. No, it's not <laughs> like, Iceman King Parsons. I don't think Iceman King Parsons is working a deathmatch tournament in 2019. I could be wrong. Yeah, that's no, uh, no, when I was reading the notes. Yeah, I think you are correct. Uh, Iceman King Parsons is not uh, doing a deathmatch tournament. <laughs> Although, that's it'd funny. be funny. He'd, kill, he'd stiff some guys for sure. Guys that end up with potatoes. Um, go, I'm sorry to go off on a uh, on a tangent there. My apologies. No, that's what the show is for, tangent. So then the uh, the resistance, as we we covered on our show before, and I think you guys have covered too on here. The the second ladies deathmatch tournament, death becomes her two for this summer in Summit, Illinois. Um, this is the promotion that Pondo helps out with. Uh, it's going to be a good show there. If you want to see the first one, there's a, a documentary on YouTube um, that that documents the the, the first woman's show and kind of shows the background too. And uh, I'm going to give it a little shout out to TJ uh, Brown Jr. with with his TJ and Friends show. He he goes shows a lot of that behind the scenes stuff on the Deathmatch tournaments too. Um, I'm a huge mark for that stuff. I don't know if we're actually seeing the truth or if it's just a, a version of the truth that they want us to see, but I think that is so fun to be behind the curtain. And if that, watching that YouTube video, it's an hour, maybe an hour, 15 minutes. If that doesn't get you fired up to watch these girls work a tournament again this summer, um, you're nuts. These these ladies went out there and killed it and really worked some good matches. Um, and I'm sure this year they're going to bring in better names, bigger names, not better names, but bigger names along with it, and, and really continue to work it. And there in Summit, Illinois, uh, is not far. If, if, if you're thinking about flying in, you're very close to O'Hare Airport, or to Midway Airport, um, and not real far from Midway, although or from O'Hare. O'Hare's far from everywhere, but um, 
but if you're within driving distance, it's like a mile off of 57. So it's not a it's not a rough thing to get to at all. I definitely recommend going to it. I'm sure I'm going to end up going, um, maybe even doing a live show from there, and you know, trying to talk to some of the ladies beforehand. Nice. Yeah, last year, uh, you know, Mickey and uh, Knuckles and Sage, Mickey Knuckles and Ludark, definitely had some amazing matches on it. A lot of great talent. You know, Maria Manic, Randy West, uh, amazing Maria. Just a lot of really good talent last year. It was yeah. a, a really good show. I enjoyed it very much. So, uh, kind of excited to see uh, the ladies' show. You know, we talked to Pondo in an interview uh, recently, and uh, me and you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, we'll have him on before then to to plug the show again. Yeah, hopefully we can get a couple of ladies either on here or on figure out a place to get them, whether it's on with Bucky or on with uh, on Bucky's Road Stories or on with. Um, you and Leon on the 420 Metalhead podcast, uh, or on here with you and with you and I, or with Steven, or however we want to do it. You know, I, I think we need to get help support these ladies a little bit. And sure. you know, ladies yeah, deathmatch wrestling is. Yeah, last year for Goddesses of Glory, I interviewed I think six of the girls. So that ladies definitely, I uh, will try to do the same again. And and ladies, if you're if you're listening, reach out to us. Um, we're not hard to yeah. get a hold of. And if, this, if, if anyone's around Ludark, I've been chasing Ludark for two years. She agreed to do an interview, and then she dodged me. Ludark, we love you. We want to interview. I have a translator. It's okay. We can do it in Spanish. Come on the show. That is my, my interview I've been chasing. Is Ludark Chitain. So if you listen to this and you know Ludark, you bug her. I haven't given up. I may have to fly to Mexico to do an interview with you. But I haven't given up. It's how bad I want to do this interview, okay? I, I, I think Ludark's amazing. I agree. I completely agree. Huge, huge fan of Ludark. So what, what are we going to talk about next? The next big deathmatch breakout star. You had a couple of names written down, and I agree with all of them. And the front one you wrote first is the one I think will be the one we talk about for the next 10 years. If he continues to do deathmatches. Sure. Because I'm not sure you know, if Shane Mercer is going to be a deathmatch, deathmatch guy. What do you think? I hope he is. I mean, I, I, I was kind of, I wondered when I sat down um, Sunday night and looked at my phone. I'm like, I, if, if he's wearing a shirt got and is taped up to his elbows and he's, you know, kind of got to get through it, get a little color and kind of say he worked a death match, then maybe we won't see him again. But if he's out there in jeans and no shirt and bloody, uh, then I bet we see him some more. And he did not wear a shirt. He wore jeans and he wore his, his boots with kick pads and um, did his normal strong style, New Japan style spots in the match uh, as far as throwing guys around, which I think is amazing. Uh, there's not too many guys walking around the indies that are doing that stuff. Um, I think if he wants to do it, he's got the potential to be... And Aiden is not a tiny guy either. No, Aiden's as big he's as I am. fucking threw Aiden like it was nothing. It was I like bet Aiden's 220, 215. Yeah, for sure. A tough old hillbilly and Aiden, that and those two had a war. Um, so I think I think Shane's probably, if he stays doing it, the, the thing with Aiden is Aiden, or I'm sorry, with, with Shane is he's got a good look, um, good body. There's the potential with with him to maybe end up in an AEW someday in an undercard role, or end up in a going to Japan and doing some American monster stuff. I could see that kind of happening too. And there's probably better money in either of those than there is working death matches. For sure. For sure. 
I'd like to see him and Schleck in GCW. GCW. That'd be cool. I, you know who I'd really like to see him work in GCW is is Marcus Crane. Uh, I think those two could tell a pretty cool story in in, in the match. Yeah, I'm sure. I still want Schleck. So you get Marcus and I want Schleck. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brent, you're listening. Uh, let's make this happen. You know, the next two months is fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Take your time. I know you don't have anything going on with Japan or anything, so just uh, make this happen for us. Absolutely. Uh, another guy really into doesn't get a lot of exposure is Cash Borden. Right. Um, I've never seen a bad Cash Borden match. Um, he's been in VOW. He's been in the Resistance. He does strictly insane pro. Uh, he's either way mid south a couple of their tournaments. Uh, he's got a good look. Um, you know, he had a cool tag team match with Pondo a while back. He teamed up with G Raver against the Hooligans. I thought it was a really awesome tag match. Um, Minetti only I thought was fantastic. I'd like to see Cash, uh, you know, in more places. Another guy I've championed for a while. I really think he could uh, be another breakout, you know, deathmatch star. For sure. Yeah, uh, and, and then you have Eddie only next. Yeah. Com- completely agree with that. Eddie only. I've talked about Eddie. Yeah, I'm not going to beat the horse. Right. Then Drew Parker, too, who we've talked about. Yep. Uh, I guess. I don't, who, I don't know that he would be really a breakout star as much. Uh, he's only, he's 22 years old. Really? Yeah, he's, he's never been doing it that long. I mean, he's going to break out over here because what's he done in America? One TOD. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, he did win TOD, though. No, he didn't. No, Jimmy he didn't. Jimmy Havoc won Havoc. TOD. No, all those English guys look the same. Yeah, Drew Parker lost in the first round. You're right. But, uh, I'm thinking, yeah. It's okay. The other guy I was going to add was uh, Rob Marsh. I think he's got the potential to maybe not be a breakout star, but be another name that's mentioned a lot. Yeah, Rob's been doing it for 10 years. I'd like to see him more, too. I know he's going to be in the Holy Warfare coming up. Uh, hopefully, we'll see him in some more places. He's a really good dude, too, and always goes in and fucking kills it. And obviously not scared to take some insane bumps after that knife board bump a couple weeks ago. Holy cow. Yeah, for sure. Back of his arm looked like it needed about 40 stitches, and... He just took a picture and laughed about it. Yep. Absolutely. Which match was that from? Oh, uh, what was that from? I'm I'm jumping on his Facebook right now to see if I can find it. Hang on. Um, was that against Peter B. Beautiful? Yeah, yeah. Horror Slam. Yep. Yeah, Horror Slam. Horror yeah. Slam. And Peter B. Beautiful is another guy that I think I'd like to see more. You don't see him a lot. You're correct. There's some reasons why he's get a lot of heat with people, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wasn't laughing when he told me that, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, he's it's a minor heat with a, I would say about half of the deathmatch world. But yeah, yeah. Peter knows how to. Yeah, yeah. Peter knows how to rub some people the wrong way, <laughs> and that's not a sexual thing either. It's <laughs> 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 pretty sure he didn't rub these people. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I didn't do nothing for me, but, uh, you know, he's got some heat, but, it, you know, they're doing some, it's cool he's got Gage coming in. I'm pretty sure Gage is going to fucking murder him. Uh, oh, yeah, it's going to look like the fucking murder. young boy matches he did against uh, Ian, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ian fucking killed him. Ian just beat him to fucking death. He owed Ian money. He's like, Ian just fucking prison raped him, more or less. He had beat him like he owed him money, for sure. Oh, he did. <laughs> it's like a prison rape, but fucking more p- less pleasant. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that was just a brutal... And then Peter's been around forever. You think about... That match was 2001. Yeah. You know, so he's been around for a long time. years in the business. Yeah. 
Yeah, Peter B. Beautiful. Been around for a long time. You know, the original Mike Levy. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, so let's see what we got next. So I'm going to talk about Japan real quick. Uh, um, obviously, we got the Ikokosen Deathmatch Tournament. That's going to build up to, uh, you know, in May for the next big Japan title defense. So we'll see who the winner is there. We'll watch that closely. Um, Freedoms ran a show on 224 at uh, Nagoya Freeman Padam. It's going to talk about the death matches. I'm not going to go through the whole card. Uh, you know, Kenji Fukimoto and Mad Dog from Australia, which is awesome to see Mad Dog back. He's someone I think I'd love to see over in America. Hopefully at some point that can happen too. Um, you know, Mad Dog McCray, great talent. They fought to a double count out with Violent Jack and Remember Sasaki. And then in the main event, in a barbed wire board and alpha death match, uh, Jun Kasai, Takeda, Minoru Fujita defeated uh, Takaki Sasaki, Toro Segura, and Kamumi. Kamo, Kamo, Kawi, Kumo, Kamo. Holy fuck, I fucked that up. Did you say Kama Kama Chameleon? Is that what yeah, I heard? Yeah, Kama Kama Chameleon. So Kami. Um, what's interesting is this match went 20 minutes. Uh, Sagawa and Kami don't do a lot of death matches. They've done some, but the fact that they did a barbed wire board and alpha match, you know, and it went 20 minutes, is that's pretty cool. Um, Big Japan ran Osaka on, on uh, Thanksgiving Day, uh, 223. They did the Osaka surprise. Um... Abdullah Kobayashi teamed up with uh, Uto in a strong solvers death match against uh, Oko Kobayashi and Haido in a barbed wire stadium death match. Uh, Ito and Takin defeated uh, Jackie Namasawa and Kankuro Hoshino. The Big Japan shopping cart, six man titles were defended. Uh, the Kamado brothers, uh, Tanahashi, Takahashi, Uki, and Sakura defeated. Uh, Kadoka and the Brahmin brothers, Chu and Kai. Uh, they also had in a special matchup, uh, just, you know, some yesterday, people, Koji Kanemoto, Otani, and uh, Takakawa, guys who, you know, 0-1, New Japan guys, uh, wrestled the BJW strong title was defended. Uh, Sekimoto defeated the bodyguard, uh, another all-Japan guy. They've done a lot of cross promotions. On 2-22, uh, BJW, Frank Atushi produced the new school of Frank. Um, really not a lot of, mostly younger guys there, you know, I'm not going to go into much detail about that. Uh, 218, they ran in Tokyo at the Shin Kabai, the first ring. Uh, the main event was the Abdullah-Kobayashi return match. It was a fluorescent light tube death match. Abdullah, you know, hurt his arm falling off that, well, jumping off that cage like a crazy man. Mm -hmm. Uh, he teamed up with, uh, Uto, Jackie Namazawa, and they defeated, uh, Takahashi, Ito, and Sakudo. So that's kind of what we uh, what we got going on in Japan. Uh, obviously, uh, we've talked about Mexico a little bit. Um, there's going to be some Australian news, but I can't say it yet. But boy, it's going to be big. Oh man, you're going to even gonna slow be roll me off. Big. And when I have it on, I'll probably have Joel on, a guy who's done some co-hosting. Yeah. So with us, uh, it's going to be big. It's it's pay attention, everybody. It's, I think it's going to be announced within the next month or two, but it's uh, going to be the, I dare to say, the biggest death match thing that's ever happened in Australia. That's uh, big. It's going to be huge. It's going to change the game. Uh, it's definitely going to be big. So, you know, kind of pay attention, and, uh, and we'll talk about that in the future when it's formally announced. Uh, I've, I've heard bits and pieces, and I hope it happens. Do uh, you want to talk about Unholy Warfare? I do. Uh, Unholy Warfare is going to take place on April 20th. 
uh, it's an auspicious date, I believe, um, 420. Kind of. I, I feel like that wasn't chosen by accident. Probably not. <laughs> the parking lot might have an, an interesting smell that day. Um, and you're going to have Matt Tremont, Schlack, Raven Havoc, Brad Cash, Terry Houston, and Colt 45 so far signed up. Um, G. Raver, uh, Rob Marsh, and Jeff Cannonball, too. Okay. I don't have those on my notes, but I'm going to add them. G. You know, I did see Cannonball say something about that the other day and uh, forgot to add that. Now, uh, this is the third Unholy Warfare show, and the other two, I guess, supposedly the footage was lost. I don't know how you lose footage to show, but uh, Raven, if you're listening, please don't lose the footage to this one. I really want to see you, your show. Um, I really want to see the other two. Um, what a great lineup here. Please, please get Smart Mark or somebody to shoot it. Uh, the other two tournaments, the clips I've seen, they looked really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed the clips. I enjoyed the fuck out of Ravens match with Jeff Cannonball. He's another guy I'd put as a, a super, could be a breakout superstar. He was great in H2O. Mm -hmm. He was phenomenal. I would love to see more Raven Havoc matches. So, you know, this is, a you know, to Raven and to my friend out in Colorado at Primos that has nine tournaments that hardly any member see day. If you're going to record them, release them, because we want to, what we want to do is we want to send you some money. Yeah, Everybody likes money. I won't send you any money if you don't have any tape. I won't do it. And the other thing is, Raven, if you are listening or anybody that knows Raven, get him to come on with us and help us, you know, help us push the show a little bit. I'm sure yeah, he I've could. Uh... Raven before. I'm sure we can get him on before before April 20th. But, uh, yeah, let's get, uh, you know, he says it's going to be taken care of professionally. So I'm going to give him faith and I'm not going to beat him up. I will beat up Joe and Primos, so. Got nine years of tournaments with Necro and Pondo and Pagano and Sage and I mean barely any is released. Come on, brother. They all were taped. If we can't get that out there, I mean, first you tell me they're gonna be released. Then you tell me they're gonna be on a on a uh streaming service. Then you tell me no, I only keep a couple tapes, maybe some of shows, I can't chip them. I've heard three different things. So what I like to call is when you tell me three different things, it's what I call the bull and the shit. Mm -hmm. So you're this week. You're my bullshit. Yeah, um, when you're telling me three things, you know what I know. Not one of them is true. Yep. And, and I'm not trying. You you think I'm trying to hunt you down for money? I want to give you money. Mm -hmm. If someone wants to give me money, I'll put, bring them up to my steps. I'll pet them on the belly, tap money ass, thank them, take right. their money, and give them what they want if I have it. And guys, um, if you have these videos and stuff you want sold, holler at us. We'll help you move stuff. You know. uh I sell stuff every day for a job. I sell a couple million dollars worth of asphalt maintenance products every day. I can, you know, we'll talk about your videos. We'll we'll plug them and we'll help send people to your websites. Yeah, that's what this page is for. It's to recognize and promote Deathmatch Wrestling. So it, it's just like I say with Primal, uh, I want to see, and I want to see it. You know, I've seen so much. I want more. I want to add to my mind my, my mind that I've seen because I've yeah, seen the, a lot of tournaments. The Deathmatch historian. He feels incomplete right now. He needs those. I pictures. do. I do. That's how I, you, you hit that right on the head. I yeah. do feel incomplete. You know, I watched what I could and I had the results. But yeah, uh, being a, a certain Russian friend of mine who was about on the same level, uh, we want these. We want the results. We we uh, go back and forth. I want to know every Deathmatch tournament that ever happened. I can tell you some rare ones. You know, I you know the Spider Bordeaux Southern tournament was never taped. The Golden Gate Invitational, the Vinnie Macero one. Uh, the Virgil D. Flynn, you know, 
There's uh, the the ACW West Virginia Midlands Hardcore Cup. Shit that nobody's ever heard of because I seek this shit out. I want to see more death. Do you want to talk about that thing that I called you about last night when I was driving home? That we discovered looking at patents the other day? Yeah, go for it. So I was bored yesterday driving home and started looking at patents and discovered that it looks like CZW's patents have all been sold. Um, I can uh, Stranglehold Media bought them, um, which there is a, a press release from about that time that says, you know, Stranglehold bought the stuff to do DVD wasn't distribution. It, wasn't it Stonecutter? Stonecutter, yeah, sorry. Got 4,000 notes written down, and I was driving 80 mile an hour when I was writing those notes, so can't even read what I wrote. Um, Steve Carell is the owner of that. And they are a DVD distribution business, but my thought is... Um, it's not the 40-year-old version, is it? It is this 40-year-old version, but a different version of it, I would imagine. No, uh, 40-year-old version. Oh, uh, yeah, Just no. Saying it's not that Steve Carell. So no, not that Steve Carell, but same same name, different spelling. It's spelled with a K. And uh, But here's my thing. Uh, you don't need to hold the patents to the name, the letters, the shapes, all that stuff. He holds all the CCW patents, as far as I could tell. I'm, I, I may be wrong on all of them, but DJ, I couldn't find anything that DJ owns. Uh, Mike and I were talking yesterday. CZW kind of got a little better around November, which is when this stuff happened. So I wonder if something's going on. Uh, if you guys know anything, fill us in. Smarten us up a little bit. Um, you know, I don't, uh, like I said, I'm here in Indiana, so the East Coast is like another world. Um, but any of you East Coast guys that listen, if you, if you know anything, we really be curious to know i know uh you know dj is never uh, opposed to try new things so i'd be curious just to, to know what's going on out there mike yes i'm listening to you oh okay i didn't i didn't know if you were gone again we've uh, skype's been letting us down a few times we've we've started and stopped and uh i'm here i'm i'm, I'm here i was just listening to your yeah what are your thoughts with this um I don't know. I mean, I know that yeah, they bought some of their footage in 2017, so I don't know if it's just from a marketing standpoint. I don't know. I haven't heard enough. I heard what you told me, and now I, I have to kind of wait and see what I hear more before I formulate an opinion, because it could just be the marketing thing, but who knows? Maybe there is something more to it, like you said. Yeah, I just don't, don't think that things. you would need to, you would need to um, sign over. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And maybe, you know, maybe there's a patent lawyer working or listening or whatever that can shed some light on that for us. And if there is, give me a call. Uh, Max Helgeson on Facebook. I'll be, you know, send me an instant message and smart me up a little bit. But that's all I've got, Mike. You got anything else? No, no. Uh, you know, uh, we talked about upcoming shows and whatnot. We talked about Japan, Mexico. I hinted at Australia. Uh, don't have too much more for this week. Uh, you know, we'll probably be on early next week maybe we'll have a guest maybe we'll have a surprise uh we try to do this show twice a week um shorter shows today was a little bit longer only because uh you know we haven't been on in a while but even so it wasn't ridiculously long right. uh you know about an hour and a half uh so that's not too bad so yeah uh you know just again uh check us out check out deathmatch radio news the wrestling cult network on anchor uh check out the deathmatch cult page um, 
you know, we, we're on there. You can always communicate with us, trying to do cool things, uh, letting everybody voice their opinions and stuff. Just be respectful of each other. That's all I ask. We can have different opinions without running each other over. Right. Um, uh, again, uh, Sage Sin is alive. For anyone who is wondering, I just wanted to throw that out there again to Marcus yeah. and to Max and everyone else. Sage is fine, and she's in California. Um, I, I My poorly written eulogy to her uh, <laughs> was uh, was uh, taken as, as a whole. It wasn't a eulogy, um, I promise. It was just uh, because she's retiring. And the other person that corrected me, well, she's only retiring. I know that. I just we miss her. Yeah, I was trying to put something nice to turn into her death, her death <laughs> eulogy. So I, I, I fucked up. Um, wow. The other thing I want to say is, guys, if, uh, workers, promoters, everything, reach out to us. Give us all the information we can have. The more we can have in here, the more it can be. Um, I don't know what Stephen's plans are with the um, newsletter going forward. I know he's taking a break for a little while at least. Give us all the information we can. We'll get this stuff out there. Um, the losing Stephen on this show, and if he, if he does dial the newsletter back a little bit, it's going to be a big hit to this world. Um, I learned a lot about death matches from Steven. And uh, one thing, I, the other thing I want to say is I want to thank Steven for everything he's done over the last two years of doing the Deathmatch um, newsletter, for getting this channel up and going and doing everything with Mike that he's done. Um, I think Steven brings a lot of people to this world. Um, and having Steven even take a backseat, it, it, it's going to be hard. Um, like I said, I, I'm never going to replace him. I'm just keeping the seat warm. Uh, but I don't have the context Stephen did. Stephen's got, you know, is a personal friends with a lot of the guys. So, guys, we're going to need you to kind of come back and help us again and, you know, get information to me as, as, as best you can. And let's kind of not make Stephen uh, regret uh, asking me to fill his seat while he's gone. But I do want to say, gone. yeah, I do want to, I do want to personally say thank you to Stephen for helping me kind of learn the ins and the outs and the deathmatch stuff. I discovered his, uh, newsletter probably in April of last year and became appointment reading for me. So thank you, Stephen, for all the hard work. I know you were spending 20 hours a week plus on that and, you know, basically a labor of love. So thank you for everything you did there and everything you did with this podcast. And uh, same to you as well, Mike. Thanks for trusting me to bring me in. And hopefully I, I don't uh, bother too many of your listeners too much. <laughs> we'll be okay. We'll keep, we'll keep Jeff going. And Stephen will be on too. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he'll be on in a couple of weeks. So we'll discuss some things. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, shout out to all of our fans. Uh, you know, shout out to the people that enjoy uh, the stuff we do on the network and go to the patron page. Um, it's on the Deathmatch or the, the Wrestling Cult on Anchor. If you want to go there and uh, support what we do, please feel free. Um, I do this because I love it. I don't do it to make any profit. Uh, I am in this to be a millionaire. Yeah, Max is. I unfortunately am not. I'm just uh, addicted to professional wrestling. I think um, I'm going to go uh, broke trying to be a millionaire, though. <laughs> I could spend two hours talking about the Alan Murillo territory in 1955. Um, just wrestling has uh, infatuated me since I been a small child uh, when I first saw it, uh, you know, in the 70s, the late 70s, and uh, watching it go, you know, watching the territories and the Falling in love with ECW and All Japan and, you know, CZW and Big Japan. So, yeah, I love to do this. And it's great to we reach out to people. And uh, it's awesome that people send us good feedback and whatnot. And, you know, wrestlers, promoters, you know, if you want to come on the show, you want to send me your results, please feel free. Um, Horror Slam, uh, 
I'll ask for results in April. Please don't make me send blood, semen, and hair. Um, He'll send you me. semen, but that's more yeah. just a thing he likes to do. <laughs> I that's right, <laughs> COD. Um, but uh, I only ask because I want to cover it. It's not a government conspiracy to shut down Horace Lamb. So I just want to throw that out you. But uh, as always, uh, I'm going to sign off, and we will catch you next time on the Deathmatch Radio News.